Welcome in and welcome back to another episode of the Out of Options podcast on the 435 Podcast Network, 610sports.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever. New episodes released every Tuesday during the baseball season. No episode last week due to the July 4th holiday, but we are back this week with another episode in which I talked to Royals prospect Chandler Champlain, who's ranked 24th on MLB.com, a ninth-round pick by the New York Yankees in the 2021 MLB draft out of USC, just 23 years old and was recently promoted to Northwest Arkansas in AA. MLB.com has Champlain ranked the 24th best prospect in the Royals organization and is described on MLB.com as six foot five and sturdy and certainly looking the part. He has quick delivery, which helps his deception off the mound and flashes an upper 90s fastball when he's fresh. His curveball has above average spin and good bite, while his slider also features tight spin and two-plane movement while sitting around 82 to 84 miles per hour. Champlain has shown feel for a changeup that could be an occasional weapon for him, but it needs more development. His ceiling is as a back-end starter if he can iron out his fastball command and develop that changeup, but his weapons and presence could fit in the bullpen. That from MLB.com, but as you know, and if you've listened to this podcast before, it's much more about getting to know these guys' stories on and off the field. And in this episode, we'll uh, learn about his time at USC getting drafted by the Yankees, traded to the Royals. And, uh, of course, we finished the episode going on the bus with some rapid-fire random questions. But where we started our conversation was Chandler grew up in the O.C., and he grew up in a neighborhood called Coto de Casa, California, which, honestly, just sounds like the nicest place ever. It's a, it's a really it's a beautiful and really nice neighborhood. Yeah, Coto de Casa. Since then, we've uh, we've moved to Dana Point uh, just to get closer to the water. So, I mean, I've always been a, a beach boy, beach kid, surfer kid growing up. So, I do miss home. <laughs> that is for sure. I do miss home. I bet Springdale, Arkansas, is not Dana Point, California. No, no offense to Springdale, Arkansas, just two two There's, different places of the world. It's different, but I mean, it's 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 beautiful. It's gorgeous out here. It's nice and green and pretty. There's you know water there that doesn't exist in California unless it's the ocean. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's a long way from home and it's very different, but it's it's beautiful. Like I loved Iowa too when I was in Davenport. I thought Iowa was it was gorgeous. Um, I think it's just more part of like the journey and the experience of like seeing different states and nature and like just seeing you know the differences between everywhere you go. You were a surfer growing up, right? Or still to this day? Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's always one of those things that I would love to, you know, try on vacation. Obviously tough to do in, in Kansas City, but like <laughs> how long would it take someone to pick up surfing? Um, in fact, depending on, you know, what beach you're at and what kind of waves you're attempting to surf, you could probably get up within the first thirty minutes of trying. You just have to have, you know, like the right kind of board and the right kind of wave. Um but yeah, once you once you kind of figure it out the first time, it, it just becomes very easy. It's like riding a bike. Like once you figure out how to ride the bike, it's easy. I assume it had to have some translation of pitching too, right? Like the balance, the zen. Yeah, I feel like uh who was it? There was a an old reliever for the Padres that uh he said that he he surfed in the off season and it kept like his rotator cuff and his shoulder in shape. And I mean, I don't specifically surf for those reasons. I just do it for fun. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's 
it's a fun activity and also it gives you a little bit of a workout. I mean, every time you stand up, you're basically doing a burpee, you're paddling, you're swimming, you know, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff. And when the season ends in September and you fly back home to, you know, California, is it you land and then you're in the water within an hour, you wait till the next day. Is that like the first activity that you do when you get back home? We'll see what the waves are like and we'll see, uh, what the shark reports have been, and then I'll determine if I'll get in the water or not. Sharks are the number one reason why I have not tried surfing yet. Because sharks are, <laughs> if you were to rank my like top three biggest fears, sharks would be number one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean they're they're out there. I mean they're they're swimming up and down that coast. But uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm excited to get back home and you know get back on the board again for sure. Have you had a shark experience while surfing before? I mean, I've I've been in the water when the when the you know the lifeguards on the tower have you know rang the siren and told us to come in that you know sharks have been spotted and um they've closed down the beaches but uh like I've never had a personal you know shark attack on me. Got it. Okay. Well, that's that's obviously really good. Um, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a good thing. I assume that uh, that would be certainly a turn off from continuing to surf. Um, Santa Margarita High School, you guys have some pretty famous alums, Carson Palmer, Clay Thompson, Griffin Canning, who's in the majors, but am I missing a most famous alum? Cause I, I want to talk about a different one in particular here in a second. Are, are those the big ones? I think so. Okay. Do you <laughs> know who so, Christian yeah. Cavallari is? I do not know. From, do you remember, I mean, you were obviously really, really young, but there was a TV show on MTV back in the day called Laguna Beach. In the hills, Christian I have Cavallari, no clue. No clue? I'm <laughs> no, getting way no too clue. old. She was married to Jay Cutler for a while. I know Jay Cutler. I, I don't. I don't know the other name though. Okay. Wow. All right. I'm officially. <laughs> I'm officially getting old, Chandler. Oh man. Oh my god. Yeah. Tell me about a little bit about your dad and and he was a national championship on USC uh, playing football. What position did he play? So he was a split-end receiver. Yeah, he played at USC from, I think it was 78 to 82. Uh, yeah, he had a Rose Bowl. He's got a Rose Bowl ring. He's got a, a championship ring. He's um, been a great father, a great mentor, great coach. Um, and, yeah, he just kind of always – he grew up an athlete. He played, you know, baseball, football, basketball, and always just, just kind of had, like, that athlete mindset and kind of – tried to instill that in me and it, it worked so here we are today he played with ronnie lott anthony muñoz he, he played with three hall of famers on that 1978 and, and uh, Mar marcus allen too marcus allen too does he have any like you know tell those stories from the championship games is that a is that a big deal in your family i mean he's got a good story about one time at a in practice uh, he was running an out pattern, and he caught the ball, and Ronnie Lott tackled him through the wooden fence out and onto the street. I mean, that's a good story. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, Ronnie Lott uh, cut off his finger to continue playing in a game, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe that was Steve Atwater, but Ronnie Lott's known as one of the hardest hitters in football history. Oh, yeah. My dad took that right to the wooden fence <laughs> in the pavement. Did you grow up as a USC fan? Yeah, yeah. I grew up. My uh, my grandpa went there. My mom, my dad, my brother. I've I've, I've always just been a, a Trojan kind of since I was born. Growing up as a kind of a that kid who was always involved in baseball. But did you have a a baseball player that you idolized or 
modeled your wind up after or just who you wanted to be growing up? So it's funny you ask that because my dad has always taught, like he taught me and told me about all the, these stories and the records of, of Nolan Ryan and just how much of an absolute animal he was. And so I, my dad kind of, and I, when, as I started to, you know, grow up, throw a little bit harder. And I kind of found myself and, you know, the picture of who I want to be. And, uh, I feel like I I've kind of turned into a Nolan Ryan, Roger Clemens combo in terms of mechanics and, you know, the stuff I have granted, I don't throw a hundred and two, but <laughs> just the, it's more of like the, the mentality of, you know, like I'm going to dominate, like you're not going to beat me. And like here it is, I dare you to hit it. I'm not scared of you. Um, but th it's interesting because I never saw Nolan Ryan play. All I see is videos and records, so I can go on YouTube and watch him. But like I never got to see him in person with the eye, yeah. and like get to see the experience. Um, but yeah, so I guess I guess you could say it was instilled in me that you know Nolan Ryan was kind of like my role model in a sense. But if I had to say modern day, I would probably say Verlander, Justin Verlander. He's just, you know, he's a veteran. He's a dog. He's every time he goes out on the mound, the whole stadium and the, and his team knows that he's going to put on a good performance. He's a uh, he's quality assurance is what he is. Yeah, so, I, I like that. I think the one interesting part about Clemens and, and Nolan Ryan, too, of those were guys that you weren't going to beat, you know, just bat versus ball. Those guys were also two guys that were not going to take any stuff, fights, you know, oh, yeah. just clearing <laughs> brawl. I'm sure you've seen Robin Ventura versus Nolan Ryan a thousand times at this point, just like everybody has Clemens throwing the bat in the in the Subway series. Yeah. Those were two guys that were not going to take any stuff from from anybody. Yep. I love I love that. I love that attitude. I love that mentality. Just no, it's mano a mano. Every pitch, don't don't take one pitch off. Was it always USC for you? Is that the only, or where else were you recruited? I was I was recruited to uh, most all Pac twelve schools um, and Mountain West schools, basically just on the on the West Coast side. You know, I I, I had some interest in in like UCLA and Oregon and. University of Arizona. I knew they had great baseball programs, but at the end of the day, I mean USC felt like home to me because I've been there so much. It's it was close to my house if I wanted to, you know, drive home on the weekends and do laundry. Um, you know, I just I I knew, yeah, it, it felt like home. Maybe the baseball wasn't you know at 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 its best. The the program wasn't at its best, and I I knew that. But at the same time, it's on myself to, you know, perform. It's not about them. It's about, you know, what do I need to do to get to the next level? Following your senior year of high school, you were drafted in the 38th round. Is that because people knew that you were going to be going to USC or did you end up ever considering like, Hey, I want to start my professional career in for forego college. No, we, uh, I sat down with, uh, my agent and we, we discussed, you know, our options and, we both agreed that it would be my best interest to go to college. And so we basically told teams of like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to college. So don't like, don't pick me basically is what we did. And so, yeah, then, you know, the angels in the 38th 
you know, maybe they're trying to see if they can save up some money from previous rounds, but there was a 99% chance I was going to go to USC. So did you even follow the draft that year or it was just completely off the radar for you? Uh, it was off the radar. And did you get a call from the Angels in the 30th rounds? Like, hey, we did this, just FYI? How does that work? I got a text from the local scout, uh, the local Orange County scout, um, saying like, hey, like we've drafted you, congratulations. And plus, like on Twitter, I got notified on, on Twitter um, that it had happened. Um, and he, the scout texted me. I, I'm blank on his name for some reason. And then uh, a couple of days later, he took me out to lunch just to say, hey, congrats. I know that you're going to go to USC. Um, but, you know, I just thought it'd be, you know, the nice thing to do to, you know, come, you know, meet you, congratulate you. And, you know, hopefully, in, you know, two, three years, I'll, we'll, you know, get sushi again. Speaking of sushi, what's your, what's your go-to role? Cooked, uncooked, what do you like? So back at home, my favorite role is called a baked scallop roll. I don't know why, but that it just hits different. I love baked scallop rolls. Um, spicy tuna roll. I like spicy stuff. Um, I'd say those are my top two. Baked scallop roll and a spicy tuna roll. Spicy mayo on sushi is amazing. I got to have yes. some sort of spicy mayo on the, on the sushi. Ma- it's mandatory. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Um, yeah. Although I'm guessing the sushi where you grew up is a little bit better than here in KC, but we don't have to... We don't have to stick on that fact. <laughs> um, no offense to the sushi places here in KC, but when you're by the coast, it's it's just going to be a little bit better. Um, everybody knows the USC football program. Basketball has obviously had some good years. Baseball has a great history. But what's it like being a, a USC athlete on campus? Is that just one of those very cool, satisfying, fulfilling feelings? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say there's um... – I want to say you get treated differently because the end of the day you're you're still a student, but you are a student athlete. So you know we get to wear like our backpacks that say like USC baseball on it. Um, we have our own center where athletes go to get our own meals, um, which was really really nice, and I was really thankful for that. You know, being a college kid, but you know, um, I didn't try to make a big deal of it being a big athlete on campus. You know, every now and then I wore like a USC baseball hoodie or something. Um. That's kind of what about my business. I didn't, you know, try to, you know, say, hey, look at me. I'm I'm a, I'm a big time athlete. You know, I play for USC. Um, and then I only really got to experience that for, for one year and then COVID hit. You know, my, my sophomore year, COVID hit. Season got canceled. I went home for the whole year of 2020. And then year of 21, only people that were allowed on campus were athletes just to go to, you know, their designated you know, spots, either it be track and field would go to the, you know, the track or basketball, go to the stadium or baseball. We'd only be allowed to go to our stadium and that's it. So I only really got to experience that, that student athlete, you know, kind of whole going to class, you know, going to practice, going home, you know, uh, having that full college experience only was for one year. And how what what was that 21 year like? Were there fans in the stands? They uh it started out with no fans at all and then I think about halfway through they allowed family and friends only in groups of four and they would spread out like it'd be like four people and then four empty rows and then four people and then it'd be like four rows across to the like you know horizontally 
four people. So they're very like spread out. And it'll only be like family and friends. And not your normal Pac twelve baseball atmospheres, which are pretty good. No, it it was a it was quite different. Very, very quiet baseball games. Is that hard as a pitcher? Did you or do you like the noise? I love I, I love noise. Uh, I love the the I just I love pressure and the atmosphere. So it, it definitely was a little weird pitching in a quiet environment. But at the end of the day, I still had a job that I had to do. And, you know, no matter what, if I got people screaming at me or not, I got to go out there and compete. Yeah. Do you ever look back? And obviously it's worked out. You're with a really good organization now. You were drafted by a really good organization, which we'll get to the draft day here in a second. But, you know, you pitch really well your freshman year. Sophomore year gets completely blown out by COVID. Junior year is obviously just a little bit strange with everybody coming out of the pandemic and, you know, as you said, limited fans. You ever just think what could have been if COVID didn't happen for your, specifically in terms of your baseball career? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is a bummer. And I think that without the, if COVID year didn't happen, I probably would have gone a little bit higher in the draft and I would have had more opportunity to, you know, get better and, and show myself. And my freshman year, between my freshman year and my junior year, I completely changed as a pitcher. And if I would have had that second year to even have more time to, you know, adapt and adjust and to get bigger, better, stronger and learn about, you know, Pac-12 hitters, I think that it would have helped my case for the draft. But I knew deep down in my heart that I was I was going to play a pro ball. So I wasn't – I'm still here. Like, you know, I still made it. To, yep. to pro ball, you know, and now I'm, I made it to double A in, you know, two years and with my second org and, you know, I'm, I'm happy and I'm thankful and, you know, I don't have any like regrets, but all the thing that would have happened was probably better round money, but I, I could care less about that. So let's, let's talk about draft day. It's June of 2021 and um, you can explain the story better, but you get a call from the New York Yankees. I mean, the most well-known organization in definitely baseball up there in professional sports. When you just talk about like name brand recognition, what was that moment like in the ninth round of the 2021 draft? So uh, they have a scout by the name of Dave Keith and he has been scouting me and I've talked with him since I was 15 years old. He saw me, he went to a, a local baseball game and I was playing in it playing in it and he he was there and I met him and he scouted me from when I was 15 till when I got drafted when I was 21 21 yeah um and so I mean I want to have that Dave Keith called me after you know six seven years of scouting me and he's like this is it this is, it's your time champ um and it just I was so thankful and I've, I felt a sense of relief. My buddy, uh, Joe Canty from back home, he made a video on, uh, on YouTube of my, my draft day video where you can watch, uh, me like get the phone call and I have my, my family, my friends, my girlfriend all around me and supporting me in the whole spiel. How do you, how do you celebrate? Just cel- we just celebrated with friends and family at home. And then t- the next day I was on a flight to Tampa, Florida. I didn't. I didn't get much time at home after I got drafted. I had a day. How much were you able to pack? Like, yeah, you have twenty four hours to basically change your life, and you're going to another 
another side of the country. It, How tough is that? Yeah, it's crazy because Dave, Mr. Keith said, hey, like, you know, your flight's tomorrow. Uh, I don't know how long you're going to be gone for, but I definitely pack a couple suitcases. <laughs> so I mean, I had no idea when I was uh, when I was flying back. Uh, but no, I, I, I didn't even care at that point. I just wanted to just start my journey. I So, I mean, it's now going to be a dumb question, but I assume there was never the thought going back to USC if you were on a flight within 24 hours of draft day. No, I, I was not going back. I I knew that no matter what, I I was gonna do whatever it took to get into Pro Bowl, and I, I was not gonna go back for my fourth year. So then, fast forward to the spring of 2022. It's your first professional spring training again. You're wearing the pinstripes or some vo- version of the pinstripes. Do you see a Derek Jeter walking around? Do you see an Aaron Judge and be like, "Holy cow, that guy is you know the best yep. right-handed power hitter, Yogi, whoever, any Yankees legend." Do you see him walking around the facility? Yep, I met I met Aaron Judge when he when he was rehabbing in in the in the fall of twenty one. Um, he such such a nice man. He's a great guy. Um, you know, he would come up to you and you know he like would say, "Hey Chandler, what's up?" Like you know my name, like you remember my name. It's uh, that that was really cool. Uh, I met Earl Chapman, who's now you know with us. So uh, that's cool. He's 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 a massive individual. That dude loves to work out and loves to throw hard, and I'm jealous. Let's see who else. Uh, Nick Swisher, do you remember the all? Uh, yep. You know, rookie legend Nick Swisher. He was he was uh always around in the in the facility, hanging out with the guys. You know, showing them a couple of like hints and pointers when uh when the, he was asked. Um, he's just he's a great guy. Uh, he walks in into the clubhouse every day with the mo- most amount of energy that you can possibly imagine. Every single day, he he brings it to the table. So it was it was really cool to meet Nick Swisher. Who he still texts me every now and then if I have a good start. Even like when I was with you know Quad City just a couple of weeks ago, I had a good game, and you know he'll still text me saying like like hell yeah, champ, keep going. So I'm, I'm happy I still kept that relationship with him. Any Jeter, A Rod, any of those big 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 sightings? I, I didn't. I didn't meet Jeter or or A Rod. No, would have been really cool, but yeah. I, I didn't meet any of them. Okay, so then you you go. You're in Tampa. You're playing with one of the affiliates, and it's June, and you get you get a call um, that you're part of a trade. What is that moment like for a professional athlete? You know, considering it was it was my first year in pro ball, and I, I always I always thought that you know trades were were guys that had, you know, lots of, you know, time under the belt in Pro Bowl, either it be in minor leagues or big leagues. Um, and to have it be, you know, halfway through my first season, I just get a phone call and we're in Fort Myers, Florida, playing against uh, the Twins. And it's in the middle of a game. And Rachel Balkovec comes over and hands me a phone and goes, Champ, you need to take this. And it was our scouting director and just said, hey, Champ, I just want to let you know, you know, You've been traded to the Royals for Andrew, Andrew Benintendi. Um, you know, we it's been a pleasure. You know, we we know that you're going to have so much success, and we're proud of you. And keep working hard, and they'll be in contact with you shortly. And you know, that night I packed up my bags to the hotel. The Royals got me a rental car. I drove all the way back to Tampa, packed up my apartment, packed up my truck, packed up everything in my locker. Uh, and then threw everything I didn't need immediately in my truck. I flew to Beloit, 
to meet uh, the River Bandits on the road and then shipped out my truck the next week and I was gone. It's 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 a lot in the matter of 48 hours. A lot happens. You got to repack and move your life again. After like, I just leased an apartment. I got situated. I was on the road. So I had to drive back, pack up my life again, throw it in a truck, go to Beloit with basically a backpack, meet the team there and wait for my truck to get delivered in like two weeks. And did you sit in the dugout for the rest of the game or did you leave and start the, I mean, you said you literally got a call in the middle of the game. Yeah, it was the, it was the fifth inning and uh, I left and I went back. I, I went inside to take the call, hung up the phone. I get walked back in the dugout to give it to Rachel. And then uh, I walked inside and just started packing up my locker because I, my, I knew my phone's in my locker and that, you know, the Royals got to call me soon at some point. So I just, I just packed up my stuff and had turned my phone's ringer on and, you know, just waited in there. What percentage of you is angry that the team that drafted you just traded you less than 12 months, you know, later? What percentage of you is happy like, man, there's a baseball team out there that specifically wants me and traded for me? What's that balance like? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm, a, I, I'm like upset at New York. I, if anything, I'm very thankful for, you know, the time I spent with them. They, they taught me so much about myself, about pitching. You know, they taught me three pitches. They taught me how to be a starter. They taught me my metrics on my stuff. And just they made me a, a much smarter baseball player. And I have to thank them for that. And, you know, who knows? You know, hopefully, knock on wood, I have a very long, successful career. Maybe I might wear those pinstripes again one day. I know that they're known for, you know, letting guys go and bringing them back. We never know. But uh, I'm not mad at them at all. You know, they, they, it's it's a business at the end of the day. They're trying to win a World Series. And, you know, I'm just a, a minor league pitcher that, you know. And on the other side, I'm very thankful for the Royals to pick me up because, you know, I know that that means that they want me. I'm I'm not just you know a throwaway. I'm not just another another minor league pitcher. I'm a specific guy that they're looking for that they want and they need. And you know I once I I, I got to you know Quad Cities, finished the season and went to spring for my first spring training this past spring. Uh, I it's it's a completely different org in terms of the people. It's so much more of a family atmosphere. Everyone here is so nice and friendly and, you know, wants to help you get better in any way you can. And it's nothing but smiles in any locker room you go into. It's always like, Hey buddy, how you doing? What's up there? There's no, yeah, it feels like every day I walk in the locker room, it feels like it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner. That's how it feels. I would say that's the Midwest in in general. and, 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 you know, with New York, I'm not saying that, you know, they're mean, horrible people. They're not. They're they're amazing, wonderful people. But it's just, it's it's a lot more of a, and I, I wouldn't even say cutthroat. It's just, you know, you're you're there to get better. You're going to go to the ballpark, do what you need to do to get better. And that's the case. You know, you don't need any of this extra nonsense of, you know, playing hacky sack in left field or throwing the football around. But no, I, I'm really happy with where I'm at. And I'm thankful for, you know, the opportunity I had with them. And I'm I'm really thankful for where I'm at now with the Royals. I would I wouldn't change a thing if I took it all back. I wouldn't change a thing. 
I want to ask you actually about walking into the locker room. So you're in Tampa. That is nothing like Quad Cities. Again, no offense to the Quad Cities, but uh, <laughs> that is not Tampa Bay. When you walk into a new locker room, uh, and you've detailed how great you know the organization and teammates are, but is that still like a a different feeling because you may have known some guys from just you know travel ball or whatever, but you're walking into a new place of work and a, a new group of guys. How long does that acclimation process take? Yeah, um, it definitely was interesting for sure. Um, the only person I knew on the team was uh, Beck Way, who was with me with New York, who was also a part of that trade. Um, so Beck and I, like, for the first, you know, day or two, just kind of, like, hung around each other, really. Like, we, we obviously tried to introduce ourselves to everybody, but trying to memorize, you know, 30 new names all over again and how, you know, the routine and how things are done and the way things work, it, it took about a month to be fully acclimated to where I can, you know, I can look at every guy's face in the locker room and tell you what their name is, what time stretch time is, who's throwing what day. It it, it took about a month. Do you guys, this is going to sound like a, such a high school thing, but do you guys do a, like a, everybody let's go to the golf course and play to get to know you or like a, what's your name and one special fact about you in the locker room? I know that sounds so <laughs> corny and so high school, but, or is it just, it, it happens naturally. It it happens naturally. I mean, like when I walked into the locker room for the first time, whoever was in there, you know, obviously came up, shook my hand and told me their name. And, you know, I reciprocated. Um, and then, you know, during the game, I feel like you're going to grow cl- like the closest with, you know, for me personally, it's the other starters because the one guy that's starting, the other four or five guys are, you know, we're all sitting in the dugout watching the game together. So, you know, that's three hours worth of just time to talk and, you know, get to know the guys next to you. So I say it, it just, it happens a lot more naturally. Gotcha. And uh, was there any early prank or any, like, you got to go get donuts for the morning? Anything like that? Or like an initiation to the, uh... the team? They have a, uh, I mean, they have this. There's there's a box in the there's a box in the locker room, and there, you can you can have a piece of paper and you can uh, write down you know the person's name and if they did something stupid or funny, and you put like two or three dollars worth and put it in the box, and uh, at the end of the month we'll open the box and we'll read off all the names. And if everyone agrees that it's, you know, stupid and funny, then uh, you have to pay that fine. And then with all the money, we'll like have like a little team party or something. And I got boxed within the first minute of being a river bandit because (laughs) when I walked into my new locker room, I was wearing a Yankee polo shirt. So they're like, that's automatically going to get boxed. So, yeah, but it, it was worth it. But yeah, that was my first prank was a $5 fine. All right, five bucks. You, you, you can eat that one. I'll, I'll, I'll eat that up. Yeah. Yeah. Every good minor league clubhouse has got to have a kangaroo court of some, of some, some variety. Yeah. 2023, you show up to surprise in Arizona. Did that feel like you had your feet a little more settled? Like 2022 is your first spring training. 2023 is your first spring training with the Royals. Was that a, a different experience than, than 2022? Yeah, well, I'm not. I wasn't in Florida. I was in Arizona, so that's a much better change. 
Yeah, being close. I mean, I could drive to spring training. It was closer to home. Uh, you can breathe outside in Arizona. You know, sometimes in in Tampa, it got a little uh, a little too humid for my liking. But I'd say the biggest difference was I I I didn't know what to expect going into my first spring training in 2022. I didn't know you know what was going to happen and how things worked. I, I yeah, I, I was so brand new to everything, and then this year. I had a plan. I had a set goal, and I worked my butt off this off season, um, just trying to get myself to be the best I could possibly be for for spring training. Um, and it's just I think that's just happens naturally with the process of pro ball. You know, your first year, you don't really know what's going on. You kind of just sit back, take a look, and realize, you know, what it's like. Then as years goes on, as years go on, you kind of figure out what you need to do in order to get to where you want to be. You've recently been promoted to Double A. You're now with Northwest after starting the season with Quad Cities. How cool is that to be one step closer to the show? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, you know, it's definitely it's a different scenario now. Now knowing that you know in Double A. You you can be one call away from the big leagues. It's uh, this is do or die here. I mean, you. It's a different level of competition. I just made my my debut start five four or five days ago against Tulsa, and uh, you know I only threw I only went two point two innings, and you know my last start in quad I went seven. So th- there's a lot to learn. There's there's a lot to learn. It's a different kind of ball game. Uh, I just got to make my pitches and, and do my thing. I, I need to understand that, you know, my stuff is good and, I, you know, I deserve and I belong to be here. And, you know, I think once I just get a couple more starts under my belt and continue to get my feet wet in double A, I think I'm going to be in a good spot. And before the season, do you set a goal for yourself? Like, I want to finish this season double A, I, I, I want to get to triple A, or is it you just take the process as it comes? A little bit of both. What I did was this this past off season, uh, I told uh, I, call, I had a phone call with our pitching coordinator, and I told him like, "Hey, like my goal is I, I, I am gonna come into spring training, you know, as a different animal, and I my goal is to earn a spot to start out the year in Double A." He says, I, "I like where your head's at, champ. You know, I want you to work hard and do everything you can." I had a great spring training and. They said, "Hey, you know, you you did everything you could, and you know, you you were phenomenal, but uh, you know, I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to send you back to Quad Cities." And I said, "Okay, that's fine. You know, I as long as I can look in the mirror and know that I did my part and I did everything I could, you know, that's that's fine by me. Because at the end of the day, it's not my decision. Um, you know, now that I'm here, now I feel like you know it's time to get to work. All right. Well, we end each podcast with something we call on the bus." It's uh, on and off the field rapid fire questions just to get to know you better. I read on your USC bio that your goal was to visit every MLB stadium. Is that still true? Yep. How are you going to do that? You're going to have to be a professional and, and visit it every stadium. Yeah. Uh, or you're going to have to be a big, want to be a big leaguer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What's the one stadium that you haven't leaguer. been to yet that you really want to go to? Say I haven't been to yet that I really want to go to. Ironically, Yankee Stadium. Is that like a shove it in their face? Do you want to do it with the Royals? This is what you missed out on? (laughs) That'd be fun. That'd be fun. 
Speaking of stadiums, um, you got to play at the Field of Dream Stadium in Dyersville, Iowa. How cool is that? That is a day that I will never forget. Um, you know, it, it was very, it was really weird just because I was still so new with the team that I didn't even know the name of my second baseman. Like, I, I barely knew my catcher's name. I, I didn't know any plays. Right, like, right before the third inning, they're like, hey, if Kale does that, throw it to second base. I'm like, okay, cool. So great. I, I, thanks for making the plays easier for me. I don't know. Um, but you know, that, that was a, an amazing game. And, you know, my parents flew out and surprised me and I hadn't seen them since I was traded. So that was the first time seeing me, you know, with the Royals affiliate. Um, and I, you know, kind of threw the game of my life and, <laughs> uh, that was, that was just a, a day I'll never forget. Had you ever seen the movie field of dreams? Oh, I've seen it a million times. Okay. Is that your favorite baseball movie? I'd say either either Field of Dreams or uh, Moneyball. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> that movie's one big lie, and I don't like it. <laughs> I've heard. I've, I've heard. I think I got into a big argument with Nick Lofton about that. I was like, yeah. Well, I, I don't want to bore you with my hate for the movie. Money. Good movie. The story is just a little... Hollywoodized. I know, I know the story is a little Hollywood, but I think that it was produced very well. Yeah, let's not talk it about does Vito. Make, it. Does make shed a tear sometimes. Yeah, it again, good movie, but the fact that they don't talk about how good that A's team was just kind of bothers me from a baseball perspective. Again, I don't want to bore you with my hate for Moneyball, but I Major League's my favorite one. All right, any pitcher in history, and if it wants to be Nolan Ryan, it could be Nolan Ryan. You get to add one of their pitches to your arsenal. So Clemens splitter, Randy Johnson slider, Verlander fastball. You get to add that one pitch to your arsenal. What do you pick? Nolan Ryan's fastball. There's just nothing like it. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why he had, you know, billions of strikeouts and no hitters and one hitters and two hitters. Yeah, I I, I need that. I need I need a hundred to a hundred and five four seam. That's what I need. Uh what uh, app on your phone do you spend the most time on? Honestly, my Aura my Aura app and my health app. And what I are have those? This, this ring on my finger, it has sensors on it, and it uh, it just tells me all my metrics of, you know, calories burned, how well I sleep, how well am I recovering, and my Apple Watch does the same thing. Okay. But yeah, like, I'm not a big, like, I, I have social media, but I'm not, like, big into, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook—I'm not really too into it. Okay. I, feel, I feel like I have—I have it because I have to have it. What's your favorite rain delay activity? Mm, that's a great question. Either hacky sack or uh, like if there's batting cages, we'll play pepper in the batting cages. Or cards. Cards is always a good option. Yeah, cards, pepper, or hacky sack. What's that's, the go-to that's, card game right now? There's a whole bunch of them. There's one called golf. There's, I mean, they'll they'll do poker. They'll do blackjack, or one guy's a dealer. They'll they'll do a little bit of everything. Did you ever play spike ball, or do you play spike ball? I, I have played spike ball. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have it, but I've I've played it before at like friends' houses. It's fun. When you're at the beach, I assume it's just surf, right? It's not playing spike ball or volleyball or anything along those lines. Yeah, I don't I don't even I don't even yeah. I bring my board and a towel 
in a wetsuit. <laughs> and then uh, no umbrella, no chair, no nothing. Gotcha. Okay. What was your first concert and where was it? First concert was uh, Maroon 5, Los Angeles Forum, 2016. Why Maroon 5? You just... I don't know. It's like Maroon 5. Okay. Yeah, I went with, with my mom uh, and one of my, my best friends from high school, yeah. What's your coffee order? Starbucks. It's It switches up a lot. I'd say in the fall, definitely, I'm a big pumpkin spice guy. I don't care what anybody says. Pumpkin spice is good. Um, if it's not the fall... I like either, you know, ice caramel cold brew or uh, the cinnamon dolce. I like that one a lot too. But mainly ice, just because you know I'm always in hot weather, so all the time. Is coffee a must and a part of a must part of your daily routine? Yes, it has to be. <laughs> waking up, you know, with the body not always feeling great, you need to you know wake it up and get off to you know a hot start. Definitely be a coffee. Do you have a prized possession at home, like a piece of autographed memorabilia or something that you really hold dear to your heart? Um, yeah, actually, my uh, my dad sent uh, – we bought a picture of uh, Nolan Ryan throwing with a bloody lip when he's um, holding his glove up, reading what pitch he's going to throw, and there's blood dripping down his lip and all over his jersey. Uh, my dad sent it to Nolan Ryan's address, and Nolan – and he also said a note with, you know, my, uh, like with how I'm doing and where I'm at. And this was four or five years ago. I was in college and, uh, Nolan Ryan signed it, uh, the, the picture. And he said, like, keep up the good work Chandler. So that's hung up in my wall, uh, in my, uh, in my room back at home. So I say, that's my favorite piece of memorabilia I have. What's your go-to cheat meal? Oh God. I feel like every meal lately has been a cheat meal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been eating a lot of cheat meals. I'd say just a good old, good old Taco Bell. Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I love Taco Bell. I don't know why. All right, what's your yeah, Taco uh, Bell order? The Doritos Locos tacos and uh, the 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 Cinnabons that have like the cream on the inside. Oh, can't go wrong. All right, two more. Um, what's your least ha- favorite household chore? Least favorite household chore. Um, I like doing laundry. I like folding laundry. Uh, probably just taking out the trash just because it's annoying. All right, final one. What actor would play you in a movie? Screw it. Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's make this good. Might as well go for the goat, right? Yeah, my might as well. I mean, yeah. He's a one-on-one. I'm a one-on-one. All right. Well, Chandler, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Um, Congrats on the promotion. And uh, hopefully we see you in KC here soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I look forward to, you know, getting to KC and playing at the Big K. Really appreciate Chandler's time and patience uh, as part of the interview process. What you didn't see in only the video version is he did the interview from his car because, as we talked about, he was recently promoted to Northwest Arkansas about a week before we taped this interview. And he didn't want to wake up his teammates. We were doing the interview early morning. Was a good teammate. Got out of the apartment and uh, went to the car to do the interview. So um, I'm sure it wasn't all that comfortable for 45, 50 minutes. But really, really appreciate Chandler taking the time to sit down and tell his story with me. Because he's one of those guys uh, that if you're a Royals fan, you could see him out at the K. Maybe by the end of this year, maybe early next year. 
um, as part of that bullpen, maybe maybe a spot start here or there, but um, certainly a guy they have their eye on and who could check a lot of boxes for a pitching staff that is in desperate need of some hard-throwing arms um, like the Royals are. So hopefully we see him sooner uh, rather than later. But thank you again so much for listening to another episode of the Out of Options podcast. Please remember to subscribe, download. If you like the podcast, please give it a good rating. We'd really appreciate it. Will help grow the podcast and uh, get it to more to more people out there who want to learn about these guys' stories before they make it to the big leagues. But again, please remember to subscribe, download, and rate the podcast. New episodes every Tuesday on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next Tuesday's episode, I don't want to spoil it, but I will give you a clue. You'll probably be seeing him on national TV uh, at some point this month. So very excited to talk to next week's guest. Remember, every Tuesday, new episode drops on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you again so much for listening, subscribing, downloading each episode here of the Out of Options podcast on the 435 Podcast Network and 610sports.com. And we'll talk to you next week with another guest on the Out of Options podcast.